0: Willow Astor, and this week on Living in the Pages, I speak with New York Times bestselling author Lauren Lane. We discuss keeping track of all the stories in her head, negotiating a balance between publishers' requests and her artistic vision, her love of Dukes and cheeses. Hello, Lauren. Hello. How are you this morning? I am doing pretty well. So you've just come home from a road trip? I have, yes. It was was
1: a spontaneous road trip. We knew that we had to be in New Orleans for Book Lovers Con, which was the first year and was super fun. Good. And then we decided to drive there. And then long story short, the drive back kept getting longer and longer because we kept <laughs> adding, adding different stops. So I've definitely been home for about all of five minutes oh for the my first time goodness. in two weeks. And it feels amazing but it has uh, a lot of laundry in my near future <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thanks so much for fitting us in this morning of course thank you for having me i'm thrilled i recently read the prenup which is coming out yes is it july, 9th? july 9th yes i loved it thank you thank you thank you and then Passion on Park Avenue? Yes, Passion Park Avenue, which is super exciting. How many books do you usually publish in a year? It sort of depends. so for a while,
1: I was with Love Swept and Random House, which was a digital only imprint. And they were able to get my books out really quickly. So I think my peak was maybe, I don't remember, it was either six or seven in a year. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: Um, just because it's so, because I'm, I'm kind of a fast writer anyway. And yeah. then you don't have to worry about the paperback component. You're able to get them out a lot faster now that I am doing more paperbacks, just because you know readers request to have like the print format. Mm-hmm. Now, like this year, I think I have trying to remember now. Yeah, four or five. <laughs> See, I, I don't know, <laughs> know, but yeah, usually it's somewhere between. When did you start writing? Yeah, so I'm sort of that cliche story of the the little girl who like learned to read really early, and I read all the time, <laughs> and I was so convinced I was going to be an author, like there was no doubt in my mind. I love um, it. But but then you know like college comes around, and then life after college comes around, and I got a real job, so I sort of like dabbled with it. You know, I had a regular like corporate job in my 20s mm-hmm. that I liked but didn't love, so I had a couple false starts I'm like I wonder if I could write a book Um, and that was probably right around age 22 23 okay but I was very much into the like back then I thought that oh if I just outline it and what I did is I spent so much time outlining and doing like these really complex character studies (laughs) and then when I actually went down to write I'm like oh this is kind of hard so I abandoned it a couple times but so when I actually sat down to write sort of for real the one that I'm like you know what I'm going to finish this book and I'm going to submit this book that was in 2011. Okay. And then I got my agent in 2012 and my first book deal in 2012 and then first published in 2013. Wow. So it was sort of a couple of false starts. But then when it started, then it really started in, in sort of a good way, which was exciting.
0: That's so great. And now you've got like 35 books. It's amazing. Yes. It's sort of been a, it's been a whirlwind. And I think because, you know, when I first started writing,
1: I always knew I was going to write contemporary romance and I read a lot of contemporary romance, but back then, you know, like some of those really big names like Rachel Gibson, um, Mm -hmm. Susan Elizabeth Phillips, they were doing like one book, maybe a year, sometimes even longer than that. Or like Julie James was one of my early role models and she was pretty consistently a book a year. And it didn't really occur to me until I sort of got into it. And at the time eBooks were really taking off Mm -hmm. in a big way that I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess I can
0: do more than that if if I want to. (laughs) So first of all, in researching you a little bit, your website is a treasure trove for... Authors and writers. Thank you. I do try to do that. Yeah. One of the things when I was starting out, I remember
1: I would look at like my favorite authors and any, even like little like reference to their writing life, I remember that being like pure gold to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I do my best to try to put it back out now that I'm sort of on the other side.
0: I highly recommend that everyone goes and checks <laughs> that out. And I, Still want to go spend like a day because I kept clicking and clicking and <laughs> clicking. <laughs> like, actually, wow, there's so much here. That's so good to know because sometimes
1: I, you know, like I love writing those blog posts or even if they're just sort of like little tips and tricks. But I'm always like, is anybody reading these? And I never quite know like <laughs> if I'm shoving them down people's throat on my website when they they don't really care. So that's
0: that's lovely, lovely to hear. Thank yes. you. Yes, well, people that listen to this podcast love to hear about the process, and I know on your website you talk about. Word count, which I really liked your take on that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your writing process? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I would say is I like usually the first question is like,
1: are you an outliner? Mm-hmm. And I usually am. So I'm not like a diehard. I have to outline every book. Usually I have a pretty good sense. You know, before I start, like okay, I, I at least know my main scenes. That's usually the bare minimum. Although there is the rare book and actually prenup, which which you read. Was one that, where I just sort of like dove in
0: hmm. and I'm
1: like, let's just see where it takes me. And sometimes those first person books, yeah. because I do write in first person and third person, for some reason the first person books work a little bit better sometimes when it almost flows more like the character's diary. Right. So yeah, usually it depends, but usually my first step is I do some sort of outline. I like to at least get all my key scenes down, even if I don't quite know my characters yet. To at least figure out, like, okay, when is the first kiss? If it's a book with sex scenes, I Mm want to make sure I kind of know, like, is this going to be a super sexy book where they hook up early on or is it a slow burn? So I figure that out. And then I use an app called Ulysses, which Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of if if you're a Mac user, which allows me to sort of put all of the different scene entries in before I actually start writing so I can kind of see it in outline form, Uh which if nothing else, that's helpful for pacing. But then to answer your question about word count, one of my biggest hurdles with publishers, the prenup is my first self-published book, but all of my others have been traditionally published. And one thing that I run into with them, and usually I get along very well. They always want a minimum word count because they're usually Mm. trying to get into mass
0: market. Mm -hmm. Um, More recently, there's like a sweet spot, apparently, for trade. What is that sweet spot? Well, I was going to even ask for you. Do you know going into it how many words you want?
1: Yes, sort of.
0: So apparently for mass market, which
1: rumor has it is sort of dying a little bit. I don't think it's quite as popular as it was. But that was a rough one for me because they wanted 90K and it was sort of minimum 80K. And I know some authors, plenty of authors, that's actually kind of short for them. A lot of them Mm -hmm. come out in the 100K mark. I, in general, I don't think I've ever written maybe one or two of my books has hit 80K. And one of those just happened to be a longer story. But most of the time, it's because I did have these sort of, you know, opinionated publishers. And to be fair to them, it it is in my contract, (laughs) or at least it was back then. They're like, hey, we want 80,000 word manuscript. And I hit this spot pretty early in my career where I realized, for me, it never works to write for a minimum word count, because then I feel like I'm inserting stuff that maybe I wouldn't normally put into the story anyway. So one thing I'm pretty, pretty firm on with all my publishers, I'm like, look, I'm gonna write this story as I think it needs to be written. And -hmm. sometimes my first drafts come out like 50k, probably the shortest first draft I've ever, ever finished was like 47. I'm like, well, that's, that's maybe a little short for a full-length novel. <laughs> so, and that one, a lot of times in revision, I do end up adding 10,000 words, but I'm I'm pretty adamant about not adding any filler. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I finish the book and they're like, it's too short, I'm always open to their opinions. I'm like, well, is there like a part in the story that seems too like barren? If that's mm-hmm. their issue, then I'm happy to explore it. But if it's just a matter of like, oh, the story is great, but it's too short, I'm like, well... I guess you need to change the pricing or change the format. I'm not <laughs> right. going to insert you know, random scenes into it. But I always find it interesting too, when people try to compare like book pricing with word count. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily the best practice because I'm, I'm a big believer that sometimes the longer books aren't the better books. You know, we've all read right. books that I just do drag dragon spots and I'm yes. like, why should that book cost more versus there's another one that like you couldn't put it down and yes, you finished it in two hours but if it was rewarding, why why should it cost less? Mm-hmm. That's always sort of a, a hot topic, I think, but an interesting one to, to look at.
0: And you're able to knock out a lot of words in a day, which is incredible. But I loved something you said about your mindset. Like if you go in thinking, I have to write 5,000 words today versus... I get to only write exactly. 5,000
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I find even, and I, I try to do that, even I sometimes, that's my practice. But you know, some mornings you wake up and you're on the wrong side of the bed, mm-hmm. or maybe you didn't sleep well, or you ran out of coffee. And the second I find myself thinking like, ah, it's a big writing day, then all of a sudden it becomes difficult. Right. Whereas if I sort of force myself to think, okay, like, oh, I can do this, like I only have to write 5,000. And it sounds so different. But even if the way you like change the tone in your
0: head, the way mm-hmm. I just said, like, oh I going to write five thousand and then <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, it does become a little bit easier. So with working with publishing houses, you get book ideas often way in advance of what you're able to actually write and then have to write what you've committed to already. Yes. How do you turn off the new book ideas? To write the one you have to write, it's not
1: always easy. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's sort of like, okay, I have this book idea and I know eventually I want to get to it. And I'll send it to my agent and I'm like, hey, I have this idea. It sounds like something that might be friendly to the traditional publisher world because you never quite know with them. (laughs) They're always Mm -hmm. changing their mind on what they're looking for. Yeah. So, a lot of times, you know, we will submit it and somebody will immediately sort of jump on it. But because it is just an idea that I had, not like a full-baked story, I'm able to put it behind. Other times, there are stories that are really just so strong that I, I will write them early or at least start them early or or write those scenes that are, you know, like so strong in my head. So it's mm-hmm. actually not, it's not that difficult. Um To sort of put stuff on back burner, but I also think it's probably because I've had so much practice doing that, you know, I'm I'm so used to the books that I'm selling being different than the books that I'm writing that are then different than the books that are being published. So it's almost like there's all these different stories always in my head (laughs) all the time.
0: I feel like I start to go a little bit mad when there are too many going at one I time. I do. <laughs> so. I will sometimes. Sometimes
1: I think I have it all under control, but if I'm switching too much, because you know how it is when you're like drafting one book, but then you also yep. have revisions and then you have copy edits. And for me, it's always the character's name, like the stories are clear in my head, but my fingers are so used to typing like Lucy or whatever, uh-huh. that, that when I'm thinking heroin and that is always just a pain because then you have to go back and like what <laughs> story is this. And sometimes when I do that, I'm like, okay, Lauren, you need to maybe shut the laptop for a while and go do something else to at least sort of clear the palette a little bit in my in right. my writing brain.
0: What is your go to activity when you just have to decompress? You know, I'm not as good at shutting the laptop as I probably should be. I have been
1: trying a little bit more lately. My husband swears by taking a walk, so he always walk the dog. And I always want that to be my thing. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be that person that's just like, I'm going to go take a walk. Yeah. Honestly, I hardly <laughs> ever do. Like, I'm going to sit here. I do read. When I'm reading, though, to take a break from writing, I usually will try to definitely not read anything in my genre. Okay. So, I'll either read nonfiction or I'm a huge, like, obsessive Regency romance fan. So oh, a lot wow. of times when I take a break, like that's my go to, I go to my mm-hmm. Kindle and like whatever title says Duke, I'm like, I I'm <laughs> I try not to watch too much TV, but sometimes if honestly, if my brain just feels completely fried, I like turning on Netflix and I'll watch a couple uh-huh. episodes of, of new girl, which is my, I think I've seen the entire thing like four times now. And I just,
0: oh, I love goodness. it. So. Oh. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I have never seen an episode. Honestly, it was one of those where I first, the first time
1: I saw it, I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's a little bit annoying. You know, I started the first season and then I never really caught on in the first season. And then somehow I stumbled across a later season and I found myself laughing. And my husband and I went back and watched the entire thing. And it's it's actually creeping up on Friends as one of my favorite TV Ooh. shows, which I, I can't believe I'm saying it because I'm a huge, <laughs> huge, long time friends fan but i think i turn on new girl more for some reason i'll have to check so it out i would recommend it
0: let's do a fast five i will ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head let's do it who is
1: your girl crush oh i'm gonna say two one rose burn mm-hmm. um i don't know why i just freaking love her and then one is a little bit more of a literary crush but joe Rowling or jk rowling is just anything yes. she does like even her makeup I'm like how'd she do her makeup at this Harry Potter event like just total obsessive
0: weirdo about it <laughs> one of your top five reads mm, it
1: happened one autumn by Lisa Klepas favorite date night definitely staying in there's nothing better than sweats and like sometimes mm-hmm. even doing champagne and pizza what are you wearing right now I am wearing what is pretty much my constant uniform of all black. So I have black crop yoga pants and a black tank top. Snack you reach for on movie night? Probably,
0: if we have them, the extra toasty Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. If not, popcorn's always the standby. I can eat a whole box of Cheez-Its if they're oh, in the house. <laughs> me too. That's
1: why I try not to buy them because my husband doesn't eat them. So I just eat the whole thing myself. They're so
0: good. They are. What do we have to look forward to from you next? We've got the prenup. What's after that? The prenup is in July. I have Passion on Park Avenue
1: in May. The Prenup is in July. And then Love on Lexington Lexington Avenue, which is book two in the same Passion on Park Avenue series. Okay. That guy's
0: out in September. And then book three in that series is out in January. I love how New York is a common yeah. thread in your books. Have you always lived there? No, I am, a, I am
1: a transplant,
0: as I think probably most
1: New Yorkers are. I'm actually from the Seattle area. Oh. Um, and I, I, I loved Seattle. Like, my husband and I think we thought we were going to, like, move to the suburbs and have kids and, and do what all of our friends did and, and be mm-hmm. Seattleites for life. And when we were 28, right about the time I had finished my first book, it was actually within days of me typing the end on my first book, Um, He got a call from his company saying, you know, would you be open to moving to New York for two years to help us open an office there? Mm -hmm. And it was perfect timing because our lease in our Seattle apartment was up and we were trying to figure out what to do. And we thought, you know what, we're 28. If we don't move to New York now to try it, we're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. So we said yes, very much thinking it was going to be just a two year sort of experiment and then move back to Seattle, which we did. Uh, It was two years and we moved back to Seattle and I kid you not, I think within like the first day of stepping out of the car in Seattle, we had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I miss New York. Really? So it it was just, I don't know if like it gets into your blood or something or if it's just the (laughs) energy here. So it took us a couple of years. New York is expensive. So we did have to save up for a while before we moved back. But now I think we're here for good. Your love for it comes through in your books. I do have a couple books that aren't set in New York because every now and then I want to do something fresh. But it, it does seem like most of the story ideas that come to me are when I'm like walking through Central Park or I see something mm. odd in the streets of Manhattan because there's always something odd.
0: <laughs> <Right>. So <it's, laughs> I, I have more New York stories built up <laughs> than I know what to do with. Well, I think it's time for us to sing a song. Oh, oh dear. Okay. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. so how do you feel about the song new york new york i feel like i don't know it as well as i should
1: i'm so embarrassed because i do love that song i'm like oh my gosh, <laughs> like, i can't remember any of the words <laughs> i guess like you warn you that i have a really bad singing voice does everybody say that everybody says that I, mine is pretty bad like even my husband so just a little tangent my husband was in theater in high school and did all. He was the star of all the musicals, and he was like in like the varsity like choir thing. And my sister was never did any kind of singing activity, but she has just this randomly beautiful voice. And my mom and I are always we're like, oh, you know, we have bad voices, and people are like, it's not that bad. And then we sing, and they don't say anything. We're like, that's we'll do. but we can do this. Yeah, do you want to be beginning?
0: Start, Start spreading, spreading the, the news. news. I'm leaving today. Um, I want to be a part of it. Oh, so New York, York, New York. Too high. <laughs> oh no. These Vagabon vagabond shoes are longing, longing to stray right through the very heart of it. Of it. New, New York, New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> it is high. If yes, I can't can make, make, make it, it there, I'll make it, it anywhere. anywhere. It's, it's up, up to you, New York. New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, thank you. Yay. Was I think we did every <laughs> key possible. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: That was. Not a pretty version of New York New York. <laughs> somebody who listen to a better version
0: because I just butchered
1: it, but it's a good song.
0: Thank you for being game to do it with me. Yes. Now I'm
1: totally gonna go practice. Uh, so next time somebody has me sing New York, New York, I'm gonna you'll be, ready. be Totally
0: on point. Well, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun talking with you. Of
1: course. I had the best time. Thank you for thank thinking you. of me. And again, thank you for reading Prenup. I think yes. you, other than my developmental editor, were the first person to ever read it. So oh. when you said you
0: liked it, I was like, Ah It was great. It meant a lot. I can't <laughs> wait you, to catch you. up on all your other books.
1: If you like that one, I'll just say for those anyone that's read me that liked the book Walk of
0: Shame, the prenup oh. is sort of in that vein. Okay. So those are two of my favorite books. I will check that one out next then. Mm. we'll have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. I'm off to go tackle two weeks worth of laundry. Wish Ooh, me luck. Yuck. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. This will be the last episode for a couple months. We're going to take a summer break and we'll be back in the fall. In the meantime, I hope you'll catch up on all the past episodes and come back ready to listen in in September. Have a happy summer!